Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands. And um, good thing. And apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any... Problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and bake. Come on. Where's Toby? So I'm practicing, you know, social distancing, and I have a few tips for everybody, you know. You know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. Saturday Suckage, Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody with you. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Yo, 1104. And in between Bears Zoom calls and soon to be ditching out for a Bears interview for his many pregame shows, talking of Bears Week that is a day delayed and a call that has been made. Mark Rody, we have a new play caller for the Bears, and his name is not Matt Nagy. Tell yes. us. His name is Bill Lazor. Matt Nagy made a dramatic announcement yesterday that he is handing off the play calling for now to Bill Lazor, who has been this year in his first year with the Bears, the offensive coordinator. So it was it was very interesting yesterday because we gathered on Zoom. It was a Friday, so there's always that feeling of this is the end of the day. Nothing's going to happen. It's Friday. Which it's I guess Thursday, probably... though. Mark, right, thir- it was Thursday exactly. yesterday on Friday. But you can't put, it's hard to just put your brain into that, <laughs> that moment. You know, it really is. I know. So, and that's what it felt like. It was like, okay, get on Zoom here. Got on there last second. And usually Matt Nagy just jumps in. This year, his style has been to just jump on, on the mic and say, 
I'm open for questions. You know, last year and in 2018, he would always have an opening statement. He would always say how things went, and he'd give an update on the injuries. This year, he has quelled that and has just been very, come on, come at me. Yesterday was different because you had the PR person saying, Matt, whenever you're ready. So that led me to believe, okay, he's going to say something here. And I figured maybe it was an injury update or somebody going on IR. And he kind of took a deep breath and said, um, I've made the decision that I'm going to pass off play calling to Bill Lazor, which was, I think, a shock to the system of every single reporter on Zoom <laughs> to hear that. Because obviously... I we were we've been asking about it for two weeks. I think that every one of us has had a question to somebody at some point in time about the potential of play call changing. But I don't think deep down, I just speak for myself, deep down, I never thought that this would happen, that it would. And if it did happen again, Matt Nagy had said that we would never know about it. So he he changed course on that and good for him. I give the guy a lot of credit for making the move that he did because he had to drop a lot of ego to do this. He had to drop something that he loves to do, which you'll hear a little bit later on when we do our what Mark Hurd segment. And it's uh this this was this is kind of in a in a it was a monumental move for Matt Nagy. I'll just put it that way. In in sports context, this was a monumental move by him. And I think on the overall, I have no idea if Bill Lazor will be a good play caller and if it'll work out with the Bears. But that Matt Nagy did this, I think, will whatever credibility he's lost over the last couple of years due to the Bears offense, I think he will regain eventually because of this move that he made. Well, there's, there's much to discuss with this. One of the first points that was brought up, uh, I remember I followed Greg Gabriel, uh, former Bears executive and a former score voice. Uh, I follow him on Twitter. And he made the point that by, by whether you keep it quiet or not, whatever you're doing, when you announce it the way Matt Nagy did, you make the Vikings, Monday's opponent, do more work. Because now... While you are trying to figure out how to beat Matt Nagy, you've been doing this all week, and you've lost four times to him. Although last season, the end of season loss was they were playing, a, you know, they they suited up a Pop Warner team, and the Bears had to struggle to get to eight and eight. The idea is now they have to go back to Bill Lazor's last play calling for the the sequencing, the patterns, the trends. So they've made more work for him, which is why you, you put coaches tend to run plays that don't seem meaningful during a season, but they make other teams do extra work and it just distracts them from their focus. So now they're having to do that. You're in, in the last 24 hours almost that this has happened. What makes, what makes Bill Lazor likely to change like let's go back to the play chart for last week's first half turnover on downs and they couldn't get a first down on david montgomery falling forward punt 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 completely screw up a field goal try if not a touchdown at the end of first half because they are undisciplined disorganized and horribly coached so how does bill laser fix that if in any way, what do you, what do you think his effect could be on something like that? I think the most important part for Bill Lazor is what he does on first and second downs and to not get into those situations. And I think that said, there's two things 
that you I mean we can go into a lot of different things, but there's two things that stand out that maybe Bill Lazor can improve upon or make better or make a bigger part of the game plan. One of those is Cole Komet, the Bears tight end, about whom we ask Matt Nagy every week as well. And Nagy always agrees that, yeah, we got to get him more into the game. He's out there a lot. He's just not catching a lot of football. So Cole Komet would be the number one guy that I would look at to see if he can stretch the field a little bit more or be more available in the middle of the field for those 10 to 15-yard plays. And so there's a Cole Komet factor. And then, of course, the running game, too. Will will there be anything different in, I don't think schematically at this point, but in terms of how he uses different guys, will he stick with David Montgomery? Even if Montgomery has a, a play where he loses a yard, will he then go back to him on the next play for a three-yard gain and then maybe even dare to go back to him on a third and four situation? Who knows? Um, how will he use Cordero Patterson or not use Cordero Patterson? Will he use Cordero, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, if there's a, a third and two, will he pitch to Cordero Patterson or not? So I think that those are two things specifically that I would zero in on, and there are many more areas that you that you can go down as well. Something I thought was really interesting, Steve, you mentioned the Zoom calls. Right before we came on the air, I just finished Zooming with the with the rest of the media with one Jimmy Graham, who is, of course, the Chicago Bears tight end. And naturally, he was asked, hey, what do you think about Matt Nagy giving up play calling duties? And he said, I had no idea he was doing it. I don't really watch the news. So he was he was genuinely surprised. And it wasn't a gamesmanship thing because he kind of looked back and he's like, I, I had no idea. I had no idea this was this had happened. So and and the more I thought about it, I guess it makes sense because somebody brings in the the play call and they run the plays that they're supposed to to run. Period. It doesn't. They don't hear the coach in their ears. They don't hear the play being called by the coach ever throughout a game unless you have one of the the earpieces and that usually goes to the the quarterback of the team. So the more I thought about it, the more I understood. But it also said to me, and Matt Nagy said this, that nothing has changed in practice and putting together the game plan. And the architect of the actual plays is still going to be Matt Nagy. And then it is Bill Lazor who gets the big chart on Sundays or Mondays in this case. And he gets to choose from the menu on that day. So the menu is the same. It's just the options might be, you know, you, Steve, might want to have a Grand Slam breakfast. I might want to have a Moons over my hammy. You know, that that's the way I'm looking at it. Right. Well, I, it's got to have cheese on it. That's all I know. It's got to have cheese and then a and side hash browns, of cheese. Right? Some and, hash and, browns, right? Right, and cheese on the hash browns. And <laughs> it's got to have extra. So, and salsa. All right, so there's much to suss out there. First of all, Jimmy Graham doesn't watch the news. All, I, all I've seen is that he really watches potential tacklers as they run by him because he refuses to block anybody. But there's a need to know who the play caller is I would think, because you're, that's his game plan. You know, you, you said the game plan remains the same or the, or the, the magic card remains the Struck. same, and it's up yeah. to Bill Lazor to, it's the to indication cut it. I got. Yeah. So he can cut all these plays in half. But if practice is this, still the same, see, what you saw, what I saw anyways, and heard – Matt Nagy say after they after they blew the fourth and one, it was a simple dive play, right? On the first, they were they were going to make a big statement, make a big move. They were going to run the ball on fourth and one. And David Montgomery, who was brought in for that kind of tackle busting contact, 
It was a simple dive play. And the offensive line was unable to execute it. The running back couldn't execute it. The Bears couldn't execute it. Wasn't it that Jermaine Effetti totally blew his block? I thought that was the one problem with that play. Well, right. He's part of the offensive line, studs. I know. I was just saying, like, it it seemed like a singular thing to me. But Well, Rashad Coward didn't know what was coming at him either. There's supposed to be a bit of help on the play. But the idea is that the, the guys being coached on the offensive line couldn't execute that. The coach of the Bears couldn't get his team in practice. They couldn't do the basics, a simple dive play that they ran. You run in peewee football. So Matt Nagy says that, and I think that indicts him and where the Bears' practices are and where the Bears' coaches' focus is. And I would not, I would be happier if he wasn't just giving up play calling, but giving up whatever emphasis on the offensive game plan and simply focusing on basics. This is an undisciplined team. It's it's a team that is not not, not well practiced because they can't execute stuff in games that seems so basic. And I don't know if Bill Lazor, I just don't see how he overcomes all that. And I'm looking for hope that maybe there's a difference. And if that's the way the team is still going to be coached, should I have, Is am I missing something, Mark? Is there a reason to have more optimism than, than just saying, well, it's a, it's a different guy calling the same badly coached teams um, plays? Well, I think that one of the parts of this, too, and, and, and again, maybe Bill Lazor will be great as a play caller. We just don't know how it's going to look mm-hmm. with, with Lazor calling the plays. But there's also the other part of this where it's like a manager change in the middle of a season where or coaching, whatever. You get that bump sometimes that – the employees, and in this case, the players, they all look around and go, oh, bleep, uh, the coach is demoting himself. This is serious. <laughs> like, you, there's a human nature reaction, I think, yeah. to things like that. I better straight if, – if the coach is demoting himself – what the hell's going to happen to me? You know, I can't, I can't, you know, behind his back, I can't be like, why is Matt Nagy do? Because what, what, what about Matt Nagy? You know, some of these guys might be rooting it along. Like, why, why am I not getting the ball more? Now they have to say to themselves, oh man, <laughs> like, what about me? So sometimes there's that natural human reaction to you better get your stuff straight too on the field because as much as it drives people crazy when Matt Nagy when the the usual answer to the question of what's wrong with the offense and sometimes we'll zero in on hey what's wrong with the run game and the answer typically has been it's everybody on the field I know that drives people crazy but now it does come into focus now now it's like okay Matt Nagy could throw his arms up and say all right this is what you all wanted I'm going to go ahead and focus more on the offense, defense, and special teams, and I'm going to let my guy Laser do it. Now Now, what's your excuse? So all of a sudden, everybody else has more culpability than Matt Nagy. So, and like that, that's, this is all peripheral. That's, a, that's the outside want. It's almost desperation to get those human nature wins or the wins that come from within. But I think that's part of it. And that's always part of it, right? With a manager change or a pitching coach change or any change in any sport, sometimes right. you get that bump, right? 
I, I, it, there's no question about that. And, and speaking exactly to that, that you get the, what some, some call it the dead count bounce or the, the bounce of enthusiasm or, oh my God. That's why Jimmy Graham should watch the news because you're, you're, maybe he doesn't care that his job's on the line. It doesn't, that's it. I'm, he's, he's done with caring. He doesn't have to. He's Jimmy Graham. But here's a perfect example. This was the, um, put together by Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times. He tweeted out yesterday. When Bill Lazor was promoted to offensive coordinator with the Bengals in week three in 2017, Andy Dalton had a 47.2 rating with zero touchdowns, four interceptions. In his first two games with Lazor calling the shots, Dalton had ratings of 124.1 and 146.0 with six TDs and zero INTs. So, dot, dot, dot. And then Mark Potash wrote, and here's the rest of the story. The Bengals still finished 32nd and last in the NFL in total offense and 26th in scoring that season. So, the play, calling the play calling may not mean as much as, play, is, uh, or changing the play caller may not mean as much as changing the general manager who does not know what a quarterback looks like, does not know what an offensive line looks like. And... That is, this is just such a, this has so many, this resounds so many ways. This has so many ripples and tsunami-like effect on the entire organization when you have such a bad offense in an, a league that changes every rule to make the offense perform well, that now you're asking your defense to play offense. You really need the defense to score. It would have been a tie game last week, right, if the defense has scored? Like the Tennessee defense scored? That was their only hope last week. You're right. And no. I think the the biggest part of this still, for the Bears, back to the Bears offense, is that offensive line. I mean, that that's the part. Okay, what Matt Nagy saying, hypothetically, Bill, what can you do with this offensive line? What plays can you call off the chart that are going to be better than mine that can – work in concert with a banged-up offensive line, an inexperienced offensive line, one that has, you know, really... <laughs> I, I, like, Nick Foles has not been good this year. And I, I think to some degree with my eyes, it's just because... And I guess quarterbacks should should overcome this kind of thing, but he just looks terrified in the pocket. You know, when the, when the, when the pocket <laughs> begins to collapse and he has to step out, he just looks helpless, man. You know, he just it just doesn't like moving around. And he, he obviously he has never been a mobile quarterback. That ain't mm. his thing. That's not his skill. So when when he's flushed out of there, it's like you just kind of covering your eyes at that point. Uh, I so describe compare and contrast the terror in Nick Foles' eyes and Jay Cutler's eyes when. When Matt, when uh, Mike March was calling seven-step drops <laughs> for an offensive line that couldn't hold two steps. Wow. Well, I, let, let's go back to Jamarcus Webb on that one. And what was it? A oh, Thursday night yeah. game against the New York Giants. When I think I think Jay Cutler was actually sacked. No exaggeration. What six times? I think. In I the thought first it was. Half I thought game. it was nine times, and then bounced on his head for a concussion. That might have been it. Uh, why thought, not? That's a. Yeah. I don't know. Tell Martz I said bleep you. There was that. And then the dirty little <laughs> secret. 
the dirty little secret That's about Jake true. Cutler, though, is Jake Cutler was actually a mobile quarterback. Oh, he was. Jake yeah. Cutler could run. He was an athlete. You bring up the. Yeah. You bring up the Nick Foles issue and the fact that he's looked like crap, and and he has been horrible, and he generally is horrible. You know, when he's the, the starter, I mean, the, the Philadelphia years, the only time he, coming off the bench and then getting to start as, as an eagle has been the only time he's been worthwhile. Every place else, it's been really bad. And and while you might want to say, well, who's who could do anything with that Bear, Bears offensive line as a quarterback, as a play caller, as a head coach, let me tell you this. The same Titans team that beat the Bears last week was beaten the week before by a Bengals team that started all five backups, had no starting lineman in its starting lineup, and they beat the they beat the Titans, the same Titans team that beat the Bears. So it can be done. It should be done. It has to be done. And I guess the Bears' only op- option is to fire Harry Heastand again. <laughs> because he seemingly is a is the problem. Um, if you have thoughts on the Bears' moves, our phone number is three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. That is uh, that's the number you can call. If you do, we have a breaking phone call sounder that Trash Panda will introduce you on the air, and uh, you can also use that same number to text us, and you can text us at the. TechZone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. We will take a break and we come back. We have more to discuss with this. And um, I don't know, Mark, is this because I don't want to do what Mark heard when you leave to go do your interview. We're going to be losing Mark for a while, which is what Saturday Suckage is all about, is Mark's going to be doing an interview for this many pregame shows of which he is a part. So uh, would we want to do what Mark heard, what you heard throughout the week, what you heard leading up to what you heard yesterday, leading up to Monday night's game? Yes, because this would be a good window because I think the Bears are hitting the practice field shortly. So I know that no Bears players will be calling me while they're practicing or they would be in trouble. And so would I probably with the Bears. (laughs) So yeah, let's do it next, man. I got... I got four good sound bites from the week that I want to bring to you and get your reaction on. All righty then. That's what we're doing. Our new segment called What Mark Heard, and we will all find out and we will discuss it. This is Saturday Suckage, and the Bears' offense is a perfect example of why. This is what we're talking about. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way pick your favorite team your favorite players and get customized highlights stories and breaking news right on your home feed Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Under or hero in your local community who deserves a special shout-out during the game from Jeff Joniak, you can nominate them to be the T-Mobile hometown hero of the game. Now through the end of the season, visit 670thescore.com slash contests. For more details, visit 670thescore.com slash contests. No purchase necessary to enter. Must be 18 or older. Nominate through December. 30. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. We don't have turds on this team. It's time for What Mark Heard, a rundown of the best sound coming out of Hallis Hall this week on Saturday Suckage with Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. <laughs> I like the end of that opening. Thanks, Crash Panda, but I don't get the first part. Who are you? Upon whom are you? On whom are you casting aspersions with the Matt Nagy turd comment? I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I, I didn't, there's no real context there. I just thought it was funny. It, you know, it's sound uh, from but, Howis Hall and a segment from about Howis Hall sound. So I, just, I thought it was funny. Okay, it is funny. There's no question, but um, you know, someone could connect some dots right there. And just asking, okay, well, and just the general are... idea. There's no turds on this team, you know. I mean, I just, I, I didn't think I had to explain that part. Okay. Well, all right, fine. So obviously, you need some tweaking then, because you didn't, you, you're not, you're not approving. No, I, so I'm, I'm gonna have to all, do some tweaking. I'm Try all, again. I just didn't know if there was a message that I, I connected some dots. I thought, well, look, look, the the passive aggressive trash pandas. Sending messages to the host as one as it usually happens in radio. So I didn't. I was that wasn't what I was doing. Maybe there was a subconscious level that <laughs> yeah, was maybe. saying, "Hey, screw these guys." But no, maybe. it was. Just, I thought. It was, I, I just thought it was that. funny. How do I get out of here? All right. 
We are doing what Mark heard. Top of the hour, we will talk with Patrick Finley of the Sun-Times. He will join us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline. But right now, we are doing what Mark heard, which is our segment where Mark brings us things he heard this week at Hallis Hall. Mark. There is a lot from which to choose from yesterday's Matt Nagy press conference regarding the play calling change, and that's something that we're going to talk about a lot throughout the show and already have, obviously. So I'm going to bring you one cut from that yesterday, which I think is essential to all of this, the the Bears head coach, Matt Nagy. And it's something that we knew, but he was honest about it um, in terms of how much of his professional career was wrapped up in and play calling. Here's Matt Nagy. The Monday through Saturday stuff doesn't change as far as, you know, installing the plays and putting stuff in and all that. We're like, that's, that's still fun. And is it, is it hard to do? Absolutely. I'd be lying to every one of you guys. If I told you that, that this is easy, it's not, it's not easy. It's one of my favorite parts of coaching. I love calling plays. I love it. I love it. Um, Is it permanent? Like, Like you were asking before, no, it's not permanent, but but guess what? If this is what's best for the team, then that's what I'm going to do. And we 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 need to do what's best for us, not what's best for Matt Nagy. And that that's kind of that's where I'm at, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, looking forward to it. As important and as strong of words as we've ever heard from Matt Nagy, I think, and we knew this. He we knew how excruciating this would be for him, but he admitted it. I mean, this would be like Steve Rosenblum if he was told that he was not allowed to connect dots or board planes or present tables being ready for people (laughs) or or eat red meat or drink wine or smoke a cigar. That's what we're talking about here for for Matt Nagy. So do you, Steve Rosenblum, I don't know if uh, if sympathy is the right word, but do you give him some credit for doing what he did? Do you I think do. That, that it was a bold move by him? Because I didn't think it was something he would do. I do. A texture brought up. The uh, text zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. The text number, 312-644-6767, brought up the possibility that it was pressure from above that prompted him to do that. But however it happened, it was later than we all thought it should be. But I understand the the big move because it's one of his four major food groups. There's no question. That's that's his Grand Slam breakfast, calling plays. That's why he was brought in. The, The thing that we've seen, what's been exposed, is that while he's calling plays, he gets caught up in pretty shiny things. He doesn't recognize the game in front of him. He doesn't have a scheme or a system. He just has a bunch of cocktail napkins with bitchin' plays on them. Maybe this step back allows him to assemble some, some form, some shape, some kind of scheme or system, but I've not seen it. I've just seen a guy who's in love with all of his different words and verbiage and play calls. Because nothing has been more damning in my world to Matt Nagy's credibility is the failure of Nick Foles, of the offense under and with Nick Foles. Because that was supposed to be better. It wasn't supposed to be as stupid as with Mitch. And it's been awful. Nick Foles is brought in to precisely to avoid the problem that has grown out of Nick Foles being a quarterback and Matt Nagy calling plays and the team not being ready. So... 
I I understand. I give him credit for being, for taking a big step, for surrendering one of one of you know his race on debt. Now see, and hope if you're a Bears fan, you just hope he did the right thing, and 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 maybe he grows from this. To fill in one of the blanks from the texter to whom you referred, Matt Nagy was not asked if. Ryan Pace was involved in the decision making, so that it, I don't think he was because it sounded like this was something that Matt Nagy was discussing with his assistants for the most part. It sounds like mm-hmm. it's been his decision. Matt uh, Pace's name has never come up any in any of the questioning about this, but I guess that's still something that that needs to be answered. You you mentioned uh, Nick Foles and the fact that it is except for the Atlanta game where he looked like Tom Brady, the Nick Foles experience so far has not been great. And we, we touched on this a little bit earlier and that is the idea of him eluding pressure, which oftentimes comes through footwork. And Nick Foles was asked about his ability as far as footwork is concerned. I think the thing in the pocket is you're just always working it, working on pushing up, trying to find time and everything like that. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, with forework and everything, um, you know, I feel good. It's something we work every day and, you know, something that we just keep improving on. How, how have you felt about it during this recent stretch overall? Um, you know, I feel like footwork and everything, like I feel good. You know, we, like I said, we work on it every day. Um, that's really all I have to say on it. Interesting that he was very short with that answer, and usually Nick Foles is very thorough with each and every answer. So I think he knows that's a problem, and I think part of it is, and this is just my opinion, that it's the guys in front of him, that Nick Foles was never signed by any team ever for his ability to be elusive or his ability to run the football. So I think that's his way of of giving as short of an answer possible because he knows it's a problem. He's been sacked eight times in the last two games, and you know I'd say about half of those were all sacks are bad, but you know what I mean. Like they, some were some were worse than others, and I'd say about half of them were really costly in situations that could have been avoided. So, like I said, there's a helplessness when he steps out of the pocket. Uh, his the Atlanta game was different in that he came in on in relief, which has always been his specialty. Has been more of yeah. a specialty. The the starts he's two and four, and they're just all the numbers are down and bad and scary and and that was supposed to have been avoided that was supposed because he was here he worked with all these coaches there was a comfort level and it appears as the and and all we talk about all we hear about is we work on it every day well it's not been very productive that's all i can say you're not working smart you're not working efficiently and and i i don't know what else to make of it he's not fast you throw a bunch of short passes get the ball out of your hand they tried that one game they're throwing sideways but i throw a bunch of short quick passes and when the when you see a bunch of safeties creeping up and cornerbacks creeping up you get max protect and then you throw deep and you kind of loosen things up throw it to darnell mooney and you know what he tried to throw to darnell mooney and we overshot him and that was that that was so much was set up with that play and darnell mooney was just going to be a hero wasn't he wasn't that what that play was all about? Well, are you talking about the one from two weeks ago where he was yeah, on the I, double I, move? All, all yeah. these horrible things run together. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, of course. Of course. Yeah, that was the, it, that would have tied the game at the time, and it, it would have changed everything. As much as went wrong in that 
that game. That was the Rams game, right? Yeah. Um, was it the Rams game? Yes, yes. See? Yes. <laughs> I know, man. Crappiness runs together. You got me. You got me. Yeah, no, that was no, the I, Monday. I'm, trying, I'm not trying to get anybody. I'm just I like, know. Oh my God. No, I know, no. That was against the Rams because it was the night game, but it was the double, I, I think. <laughs> You're right. You got me, man. Yes. I, anyways, um, the whole We all know what we mean, though. We all know yes. what we mean. Right. So, right. So, yeah. So that's just something. That, that's a big part of this. That's a, His comfort in the pocket has not been there. So his, you know, that, that doesn't help anybody's case. And I think that's that's the number one reason he has not looked good for the Bears this year. Let's move on to a bigger picture item. Okay. It had been a while, Steve, since Allen Robinson had been asked about any talk centering on a potential contract extension because Allen Robinson could become could become a free agent after this season if there is not a franchise tag, if there is not a contract extension. And Robinson has been very quiet on this this issue since the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. He was quiet about it until somebody asked him about it earlier this week. Here's Allen. After what week two or week three that, you know, I was putting that behind me. It just come down to just playing. You know, that's the most important thing right now. You know, like I said, um, it's about playing, playing well, trying to help get this thing turned around. You know, again, I mean, unfortunately, we're in the um, situation that we're in, you know, but again, in the league, you know, you go on obstacles and adversity, you know, and that's as a team. That's right now what we're facing, you know. So for us, we either pack it in, you know, or we could pick it up. You know, I'm a person for myself, you know, like I said, after the game, you know, I'm going to try my best, you know, to be able to help pick this thing up. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm putting on that behind me, you know, that'll be talked about or whatever come from that, come from that. You know, that's not that's not of my concern at all right now. So whatever that road is, when we get there, we get there. Somewhere along the line, my theory is that he was told something by somebody which made him happy. Because, like I said, <laughs> he he hasn't brought it up. Been no cryptic social media messages yeah. from Alan Robinson. He's always available to the media always available to the team. He was representing the team at the coat drive. That's why we heard from Allen Robinson earlier this week. Players who are unhappy with their organization don't do public relations things like that. So it, it is it is just not typical. And if they do them, they do them begrudgingly and they give short answers. And that's not the way Allen Robinson has been. So somewhere somebody told him something to say, hey man, hang in there. We're just working through some things. We're going to get this done, but we, there's we, you got to be patient with us so i guess that might be a a little naive of me to be looking at it as optimistically as i am but i am looking at it that way because that it all shut down from alan robinson after he had the 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 mini um you know where he was just frustrated earlier in the year and and it seems like he's not anymore you know i i believe that and i i will wait till december to disbelieve it because december is when a lot of these these contract things get you, you get extensions, you get new deals, there's a lot of end-of-season paper, a lot of end-of-season money that gets spent. I have no idea um, what might or might not have changed. I My head spins with CBA and money and all that yeah. salary caps. But right. December is when a lot of this stuff gets done. So I'm going along with you. I never met a conspiracy I didn't want to embrace, Mark, and, and you just hit on one. I believe that to be true. I also think the Bears... Even though Ryan Pace um, doesn't know squat about offense, he should know something about looking at other teams. Here's two. Here's four teams I would look at. 
You look at Minnesota. They're coming in this week. They they didn't want to sign Stephon Diggs. They don't have Stephon Diggs. He's not a Viking anymore. They're three and five. Buffalo has Stephon Diggs. They're seven and two. Not just because of him, but they're much better and they're leading the NFC East. The I mean the AFC East. Yes. Okay, I'll bring you two other teams. Houston. Houston is just a train wreck. Two and six, fired Bill O'Brien, who messed up everything. One of the things he did was he traded DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is a really good receiver. And you can ask Arizona. Arizona's five and three with DeAndre Hopkins and a young quarterback. So that's one way I would look at the Bears' refusal to, if you're not going to sign this guy, you can tag him. Maybe somebody else overpays for Allen Robinson. Maybe the Bears are going to tag him. I don't know. You'd be better off having a happier receiver, but they don't much care. And we don't hear from Ryan Pace because he's in hiding. But the the other way to look at it is, what would this horrible Bears offense be without Allen Robinson? Or the threat of Allen Robinson? And then you could add another part to that, too, like what the Bears thinking might be. And this is this would be like number three or four on my list of potential reasons they haven't signed Allen Robinson. But the arrival of Darnell Mooney and what he has done, and obviously that's a cheaper option. And then if you want to go back to what Minnesota did and they lose a top-notch wide receiver, but in the first round this year, they did draft Justin Jefferson, who has yeah. been really good. So is it – I mean – I hope that's not the route the Bears are going because I'd love to see Allen Robinson around the Bears for a long time to come. But there is a, a cheaper option and a potentially effective option for the Bears, and that is if they really think they can get Darnell Mooney to the next level, and there's no reason to think that Darnell Mooney can't eventually be a star in this league. And then if they were to set their sights on drafting a wide receiver in the first round like Minnesota did. So, it's all, I mean, everything's on the table in terms of potential theories with Allen Robinson, but I, you know, just since Robinson has been quiet, and for the most part, his teammates have been quiet too, and I think that's key because yes, I think there's been telling. there's been right. I mean, there's been there was yeah. one tweet last week from from my guy Cordero Patterson. He did say he did throw and extend Allen Robinson out there, but he was the only one. Um, all right, do we have time for one more? I just heard. Yeah, studs you know, we'll come we back. We'll we'll take a break. We'll come back and do right. that. But one right, final bro. thought on that Allen Robinson thing. Sure. I understand what you're saying about what Minnesota did. That yeah. would be that would be a possibility and incredibly stupid. So I wouldn't put it past Ryan Pace, who needs offensive linemen and needs to spend early and big on offensive linemen. And it would be perfectly fitting for him to mess up offensive linemen in the draft again, the way he's messed up quarterbacks. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come bo- come back with more of what Mark heard. Right here on Saturday Second, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Okay, we're back. What Mark heard, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And to that one texter, because I am just too lame to be able to send a message. It wasn't a book of Yiddish sayings, but there are some in there. It was The Joys of Yiddish by Leo Rostin. Okay, it's a joy. Go read it. Now, Mark. More. What, Mark? Right. What did you hear? 
All right, I got one more, and this one actually pertains to the game that the Bears are playing, and the Bears' defensive coordinator for the second straight week. The Bears are going up against an absolute stud at running back. They had success against Derrick Henry last week. This week, Chuck Pagano, your boys are going up against Dalvin Cook. Yeah, same one. Just, uh, you know, they – these great running backs and offensive, you know, systems keep showing up week after week. But really proud of our guys, you know, rose up to the challenge a week ago and and uh, did a nice job uh, against, you know, Derrick Henry. And um, we're going to have to do a, a lot of the same. It's going to take all 11. This special back uh, that we're playing and, um, you know, front side, back side, interior, all that stuff. Everybody is going to take all 11, all three levels playing at uh, at their very best to, to stop this guy and contain this guy. You don't stop him. We just got to contain him. Bears have done a good job in the past at containing Dalvin Cook for sure. But one thing that Chuck Pagano also said after that, and I love this line, he says, what we've done in the past doesn't mean squat. That's the That was the word choice he used. <laughs> he is absolutely correct. And when I run through the, the games this year that Dalvin Cook has had, he has had games of 181 yards, 130 yards, 163 yards, and most recently against Detroit, 206 yards. However, there was one long run that he had against Detroit where the Lions had 10 men on the field, which is not good against Dalvin Cook. No, I would say 11 is tough with against Dalvin yeah. Cook. So, um, so the Bears have their the Bears have quite the it's sort of the last two weeks brought together. We'll run this by Patrick Finley at the top of the hour. We will take a break and come back and we'll talk to Patrick Finley of the Sun Times. The running back they face is their last several games where he's part Alvin Kamara and he's part Derrick Henry. So the idea would be get the part that's Derrick Henry because they controlled him. So we'll see what Patrick thinks of an actual game plan with a new play caller on offense and an old play caller on defense. That's what Mark heard, and we will hear what we will now go to what Patrick heard and thinks. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 